Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and effects in our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Marcus Sotoy will join us to discuss thinking better. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, mathematics underlies most of our world, but how can it help us to think better? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Professor Marcus Dusotoy. Dr. Dusotoy is the Simonia Professor for the Public Understanding of Science and Professor of Mathematics at the University of Oxford. He is the author of six books and a play, I is a Strange Loop, in which he also was the lead actor. He has presented numerous radio and TV series, including a four-part landmark TV series for the BBC called The Story of Maths. He's a fellow of the Royal Society and a recipient of the Berwick Prize, the Zeman Medal, and the Michael Faraday Prize, and has received an Order of the British Empire for services to science. He has penned the new book, Thinking Better, The Art of the Shortcut in Math and Life, which explores this issue for a general audience. And Dr. Dusotoy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thanks for having me on. Well, it is certainly our pleasure. Certainly a great book. Why did you put the book together? It was really a companion book to my previous book, which was actually all about artificial intelligence. I finished that book and realized, oh my gosh, AI seems to be able to do everything that humans can do, even create wonderful pieces of music, write novels. So I I thought I need a companion book to show that there are things that humans can do better than computers. You see, computers don't get tired, so they don't mind doing a lot of hard work. But I think our species is actually really rather lazy at heart. I'm certainly quite lazy. And if I'm faced with a really difficult problem, rather than just churning through all the hard work, which I think a computer would be very happy to do, I think one of our skills as a species is to step back, look at the problem, try and think of it in a new way, and try and find some sneaky kind of shortcut to avoid doing all of the hard work. So, And I realised that my own subject of mathematics is somehow a whole fantastic suite of clever ways of thinking about tough problems that we put together over the last 2,000 years. So I thought, why not write a book to sort of celebrate what we humans do very well, finding these cunning shortcuts, and actually provide a kind of shortcut for everyone out there for these fantastic ways of thinking that we've come up with as mathematicians over the last 2,000 years. Maybe we've lost the art of the shortcuts? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes you want to throw away a lot of information that isn't important. So I think one of the shortcuts I talk about in the book is the power of a, a diagram to help you to understand a problem. So, for example, I I live in London and I use the London Underground uh, on a daily basis. What I don't want is a geometric map of all the distances between the stations. Really, I want a diagram which just shows me how these things are connected together. And this uh, iconic London Underground map that is now known all the way around the world and every city that has an underground has a kind of map which isn't a geometric map, but it just sort of picks out the essential things you want to know about navigating that city. So 
I think very often what mathematics is good at doing is abstracting things, finding what's essential to a problem, throwing away all the things which are unimportant, like the distances between the stations in the city and just how it's networked together. So I think that's the power often of mathematics, just finding the essential quality of a problem that's important, throwing away all the noise. Is it defining problems that allow us to abstract it in a way and then come to a solution fairly quickly? Yes, I would say that's pretty good. Description, you know, one of the things is knowing that there are these shortcuts out there. So you don't want to have to invent the shortcut yourself because one of the messages I tell in the book is that actually coming up with shortcuts can take a very long time and a lot of hard work. But once somebody's come up with that shortcut, then everyone else can exploit it. So knowing that there's a tool out there to solve a problem is half the solution to things. It's a bit like if you've got a mountain and you're trying to get to the other side, uh, well, once somebody's dug the tunnel, everyone else can follow. So so my book is kind of describing all of these fantastic stories of people that come up with these clever ways of, of, of thinking. And, and now you can just sort of zip through to the other side, I- exploiting the tunnel, the shortcuts that we've come up with. Uh, is there any that you're particularly fond of? Gosh, that's uh, like trying to ask which is your favorite child, I think. It's uh, quite a difficult choice to make. But I actually, I think, you know, you you said something earlier about the, the fact, that, you know, we're inundated with so much data and we have these calculating tools. But often what you want to know is, well, if I'm trying to understand some sort of pattern in data, how much data do I need to, to look at to know really what's happening out there? And what I discovered is that, you know, mathematics shows... Sometimes you can get away with a very small amount of sampling to know quite a lot about a big data set. So, for example, when I was a kid, there was an advert when I was growing up saying eight out of 10 cats prefer a particular type of cat food. And we had a cat and I don't remember ever anybody coming and asking our cat what cat food he liked. But then when I learned these kind of mathematical tricks, I realized that even if you've got a population of 7 million cats, for example, you only have to ask 250 of them their preferences to be 19 out of 20 times, you'll be within 5% of the true value within that 7 million. Now, that for me is a very powerful kind of shortcut, knowing that I only need to sample a very small amount to have kind of deep knowledge about a, a large number of cats. It's diminishing returns. Sampling more doesn't get you better answer necessarily. That's very true. And I think this is incredibly relevant, actually, in this new age of machine learning, where artificial intelligence is being trained on data. And you really need to know what the sweet spot is about how much data to give your algorithm so that you know it's learned, but it's not kind of overfitting because you've given it too much data, for example. Are we maybe a little more biased in the data we select and sometimes come to erroneous conclusions? Well, I think that's really important because most of the time we we do have kind of human biases which creep in, which is often why you need to resort to mathematics to, to avoid kind of your intuition clouding things. I mean, when it comes to probability, I talk about probability shortcuts, for example, Often our intuition is way off and we really need to to use the mathematical shortcut to to really understand what the true probability of something is happening. For example, if I say, how many people do you need to have in a room that there's more than an even chance that two people have the same birthday? I think our intuition would say, well, gosh, well, wouldn't you need about half a year's worth? So like 180 or something. But actually, you only need 23 people 
for it to be more than likely that two people have the same birthday. So I think that's very counterintuitive. And you need this kind of mathematical tools to shortcut your way to seeing I only need 23 people and more than likely two people have the same birthday in that room. Probably everyone's a little bit egocentric when they hear that they want somebody to have the same birthday as them. Absolutely. I think you, you picked up yeah, people are just put themselves in. They don't realize that when, uh, you're not asking the question who has your birthday. You sort of absolutely you put yourself at the center of the problem. And that's often what you need is the, the mathematics to take uh, to, to be depersonalize it and take you out out of the equation. The last one is the impossible shortcut. Yes. I mean, one of the powers of mathematics is to look at itself and understand its own limitations. So there are some problems that we're beginning to realize actually mathematics may be able to tell us that in this case, there is no shortcut. And the classic example is something called the traveling salesman problem, which is, you know, if I've got a network of cities and roads with distances between those cities, can I find a sneaky way to find the shortest way to visit all the cities and come back to the beginning again? And actually, we believe this is a sort of problem that there is no shortcut. There's no clever algorithm that will find you that shortest path you actually have to go through what the computer will do which is to to list all the possible journeys and then choose the one which is the smallest so you, you can't avoid doing the hard work we think in that sort of problem in some cases you just have to buckle down and do the calculation and I think that's an important insight because sometimes you need to know that there is no shortcut so you don't waste your time trying to dig a tunnel which just can't be dug is this just finding these nice, elegant shortcuts to problems so that dealing with issues a little more efficiently? Very much so. I think in uh, engineering, architecture, um, we, we want to find a shortcut, for example, to know the building's going to stand without having to try it out in advance or that, that bridge. And I think there are some really beautiful shortcuts, actually, people have come up with in architecture, for example, in, in using, for example, bubbles to create particular shapes, which are very low energy shapes. And then using that as a shortcut, for example, to then build an extraordinary curvaceous building that actually will stand up because the, the bubble is telling you this is a kind of low energy solution. So I think a lot of mathematical endeavor is, is about looking at a problem which seems impossible to solve and then coming up with this clever way of thinking that will give us the insight into how to solve it. Are there any problems, begs for a solution that's a shortcut but has not yet yielded one, but people hope there is one? Well, I, th that's interesting. I think there's an interesting challenge, which is if I give you a number like 15, can you find two numbers which multiply together to give that number? Now, that's small enough that you you could probably say, yeah, three times five. But if I give you a really large 200-digit number, is there a shortcut to find two numbers which multiply together, give that incredibly large number? Now, some people don't really want people to find a shortcut to that because actually what you're doing when you're solving that sort of problem is uh, cracking codes on the internet. Every time you send your credit card across the internet, you want it to be secure. You're actually using the fact that that problem at the moment, we don't have a shortcut to solve cracking a number into two smaller numbers, multiply together, give the larger number. So there is one half, uh, I think, of the world, the, the code crackers who would love to come up with a shortcut for that. And the other half, the kind of internet business which relies on these codes, would prefer if we didn't find a shortcut. It's a shortcut that's probably worth a lot of money. Exactly. <laughs> Any shortcut to learning all these shortcuts? 
<laughs> well, by, buying the book, I think, is uh, your best shortcut to learning all of the shortcuts. But but I think there is a challenge here because some of these shortcuts are, are, are not easy. I think everyone thinks a shortcut should be easy. A shortcut should be able to cut down on time and, and energy. But sometimes you need to spend a little time learning these techniques. So sometimes the shortcut might be to employ a mathematician in your company, for example, who knows all of these shortcuts and, and can... And could kind of do them for you. So befriend a mathematician and buy my book is my shortcut to the shortcuts. All right. Well, we are really excited out of time, but I'm curious, final words on it? I think most people are kind of still a bit afraid of mathematics and, and think it is about long division and lots of decimal places. But actually, I hope this book will make people fall in love with the subject and make them realize, wow, this is a really better way of thinking. And I'd love to learn some of these techniques. We were just talking with Dr. Marcus DeSotoy. He has penned the new book, Thinking Better, The Art of the Shortcut in Math and Life. Professor DeSotoy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thanks for having me on. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.